Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers, Northampton Town fanzine reborn in podcast form. I'm Tom Reed and today I'm pleased to be joined by a player who really needs no introduction. Midfielder is an integral part of Wilder's Wonders League 2 winning side 2015-16. You may or may not own a caravan. It's John Joe O'Toole. Hello, John Joe. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. It's, the, the sun's out and stuff. And it makes it makes lockdown a little bit more bearable. You've you've been keeping yourself ticking yeah. over, I guess. And, yeah. And Some introduction there. I like <laughs> the, the caravan bit you added. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can go anywhere without that song following you. Uh, about. I mean, it was yeah, following me forever now. That 2015-16 season was it was like a really emotional one, wasn't it? And it must sort of still live on with you and your heart and that. It was a great, sort of great and sort of up and down season in many ways. Well, finish with it. So. Yeah, it's just just incredible, really. Just you f- sort of feel lucky you, you, you had one in, had one of them sort of seasons in your career because it just just really one of them seasons where it all just sort of fell into place and. Um, Yes, we sort of still talk about it um, now. A few of the players we, we still speak um, from that group, and yeah, it was just good times. Like I said, it just all the parts of the jigsaw just really, really fell into place, and it was just thoroughly enjoyable. I just think all the fans, just the togetherness with the fans, uh, all the players, staff. You know, it was just just had everything that season. We went from not not getting paid and and then um, the manager's sort of um, quite emotional post-game sort of uh, interview where he was trying to, you know, say to the chairman about selling, you know, to another buyer. And then yeah, yeah it just really had ev- just everything that season. Yeah, yeah, I f- yeah. I think what also made it as well was a connection between the players and the fans, and there. The connection between the Cobblers fans and yourself was just really like it was a beautiful thing, and it, it just came about. And um, I think the, the, the fans probably spurred you on as well to do to do to your best, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It was obviously my second season, and you know, I, I thought I'd I'd be exiting um, coming into that that pre-season because um, obviously I hadn't gone very well the season before, and. Um, yeah, the manager sort of said I was free to leave. You know, it hadn't worked out, which you know obviously doesn't sometimes in football. So, um, yeah, I was just concentrating on on getting fit and trying to get out. Really, but that, at that point, it was 
you know the the best option. Um, things weren't things weren't going well, and you you got to um, you know set up set up shop somewhere else. But um, I don't know by by hook or by crook, I just managed to get in the team, and um, yeah, just managed to sort of stay there uh, once I was properly in the team, and I just had that in my head. I, I didn't want to come out of it, and um, I just really, you could just really sense that the it was a group that could um, just do exactly. something and yeah. yeah, you just just had that team spirit and just not only that, it was you know a talented talented group, especially for that for that level and you know you had hard work, you, had, you know grit, determination and you, and you had a bit of magic as well. So yeah, all the ingredients and you just the more the more the season went on, you you just really felt it and you know. I'd, yeah. Doing everything I could to to stay in the team, and I think um, um, I think um, you it was for you as well that you're. We'll talk a little bit now before we get into too much cobbler stuff. We'll talk a little bit about your career pre cobblers and how you had a bit of a stutter. You, you know, you know there was little bits here and there, but obviously, you know, Northampton really sort of got you on the right path and stuff. But you were brought up. Uh, you're from Harrow Way, which ain't actually too far from Northampton. Just you know. Not that far, but um, you were you did you were you in like a the Watford sort of school of excellence or something? Or how did you get involved with the Watford side? Um, I got involved. I used to play for my local team, Saint Saint Joseph's, and I mean we we were pretty good. We had a, a lot of uh, really talented group, and we we used to win quite a, well, pretty much every game type thing. So yeah, I think they they sort of invited. Most most of the team, I think, to, just for a trial. I think I was only eight years old. Right. And um, it took they took in the end they took a lot of a lot of a lot of our team on, but that was at the time where you could where you could play for your your local team and play for them and train uh, yeah. bits and bobs during the week and you could sort of do both. I, I don't know if it's changed. I don't know if you, you can do that now, but um, back then you could and um, yeah, it just progress from there really and I, I just stayed on and uh got my yt at uh seven 16 17 i was sort of because i had a quite a lot of uh groin uh sorry growing pains i had a lot of um growing pains in my knees so sure. i didn't i was i was injured quite a lot and they obviously weren't sure if they were going to take me or not, not and in the end they took me and then uh i got my made my first team debut when I was 18 and yeah just sort of got got myself in, in the first team and enjoyed two seasons there before before moving on but yeah that's how it was started. um was A.D. for in the manager like some of your time there yeah he, he's the he's the man that gave me my debut right so. and how did you how did you get on with him because obviously he became Northampton manager as well. So, how would you? What was what was your relationship with like with him, and what sort of manager was he? Yeah, I got on. I got on well with him. He um, his enthusiasm was just, you know, unbelievable. Really. Um, he, yeah, I'll always be thankful for him to, for, you know, giving me that opportunity to to play first team and just just giving me my chance really. And uh, I like to think I sort of took it and sort of done done all right with him. Uh, done all right under him, um, and he when he left, he ended up taking me to 
I was I wasn't getting a look in at Watford and I ended up playing for him at um, Colchester a couple of seasons later or the season after even. So, yeah, it's no, like he, looking at it, um, uh, there was a bit of upheaval at Watford, weren't there? Boothroyd went and then Brendan Rodgers was there br- like briefly and then Malky Mackay as well. It just seemed a bit of an upheaval period for Watford as well. Yeah, I think where um, they got promoted and then they, uh, they got promoted the year I was a YT, a second. I was a first year YT, they got promoted and then got relegated. And then I, that was the year after I, I got in the first team type thing and we had a bit of a go at it again. And I think, you know, when you're sort of up and down, up and down, you're going for it again, there's just a lot of money floating about. And I think it, I, I think that season after, it was, I think, where they had a right go at it. And uh, I think they had to start drawing the money back a little bit from, from that's my understanding. Anyway, I don't know how true it is, but... Uh, and then there was a bit of a change of manager Malky come in and Brendan got the job. I think Malky got it after. Yeah, it uh, seems like, like a load of people. What was your feeling about uh, going from Watford, who obviously you had some good times at, and yeah, they're, they're from a lad quite local to you, to signing for Colchester? Like, did, did you feel like, like you had unfinished business, business at Watford or were you ready for a change? Uh, it was just a just a really bizarre feeling just to be leaving because um, I only went there on loan to to begin with because the manager at the time you know he he didn't have me in his plans so um, AD wanted to take me to to Colchester so at that point I thought you know I'm not I'm not going to play here at Watford so I may as well play. Um, under AD at, at Colchester, but I, I literally yeah. only thought it was a, a temporary thing. Yeah, uh, I still had probably probably two years left at at Watford. Um, so I, in my mind, I was only going there for for six months to play, and then I was going to come back and you know try and get get back in the team that way. So I um, when I ended up signing. Uh, permanently, we we were doing really well. Um, we were sort of flying, really, and then I sort of signed. I sort of went a little bit against my sort of my gut instincts. Sure. Signing, I was getting you know mixed messages from you know my agent, and well, he was sort of telling me one thing, and then I was sort of hearing hearing other things from your know, sort of senior people that I'd either played with or, or knew sort of telling me other things and it was I sort of because it was 80 and he, he sort of gave me my chance I f- sort of felt like I, I sort of owed him a little bit so I, I decided mm. to sign for him um, but I was a little bit again against my gut instinct so um, mm. and then I got got injured there and it was a bit like oh right it was a bad injury as well wasn't it because I was in I didn't really know a lot about your time at Cobblers and I looked at it and it was a cruciate knee knee injury, wasn't it? So that's pretty bad. Yeah, so it, it was only about a month or two after I signed there permanently and then it was, yeah, and then I just didn't have a, a great time of it there and uh, I just struggled. Like the, It's a great club, Colchester. The, the fans are brilliant with me and you know, sure. I can't fault, can't fault anyone there. It was just, just I didn't 
didn't have a great time of it there. And, um, you know, all of a sudden I was like sort of doing quite well in the, in the championship type thing. And then you find yourself, you know, an injured uh, sort of League One player. And then, you know, between a couple of seasons, I, I couldn't even get a game there. And it was like I left, sort of went there a championship player and I left a, a League Two player, really. So it was, it was a bit of a... But a lot yeah, of that's down to luck, isn't time. it? I've speaking to a lot of players and they're like, literally, the dice can roll one way and you could be in the championship or it rolls, rolls the other way and you're in League Two. There's not a lot in it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, when, when I signed there, we were we were flying. We were mm. just flying. I thought, I'm going to be back in the championship in you know within six months. So it's a sure. done deal. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it don't turn out and you, you're injured as well. You can't even do anything about it because... You, you're injured and you, you can't put um you know you can't have any sort of say on on trying to do well on the pitch type thing but you know going, going back to the Watford thing it was just really odd because I've, I've been there sort of since I was eight mm. and you know you sort of go go through so much you spend you know a large sort of chunk of your, of your young life I guess with, with a club and then left, it was just it was just nothing. It's just uh, it weren't like I went back and said goodbye to everyone or, or anything. It weren't. I don't. I don't think Twitter was was quite going then. It weren't like I could sort of, you know, even sort of release a, a sort of goodbye Thank statement. You know, it was just yeah. yeah and I, at the time, I just remember I was just a bit too embarrassed to to go back and because I did want to see like people and um yeah. say goodbye but it was just a bit a bit of an odd feeling it just felt a bit like oh right that's that, that's it now it's like done i'm never getting back there type thing that's, uh, so that's often that's something i've spoken to with footballers about and it's it's not many other jobs where you don't really get to say goodbye properly you, you often get like if you're in a working office they'll do like a goodbye do or something as a footballer one day you go and pick your bag up and that's it it's yeah, a weird it must be weird. literally black that bin liner and get your stuff and you, you you're just gone um how did the uh, move to how did the move to Brist, uh, bristol rovers kept come about then because that's another geographical move right down to the southwest yeah well i'd been um i've been with john ward at colchester um i was sort of injured quite a lot there and I, even even when i looked like i was sort of getting fit and getting get myself motoring again it sort of just had little groin injuries little niggles here and there and um he he got the job at at bristol rovers so he, he took me there on loan uh to start with and i was really enjoying my football there um it's just just a, just a just a different setting and you know it's a really <coughs> it's a really uh well supported club um, and I, sorry, excuse me. Um, I was enjoying my football there, but um, I got—I think was it Colchester was sort of struggling a little bit, and they had the—they uh, called me back in the end. But we were going quite well. I thought we could have possibly made the playoffs if I'd have stayed, you know, and just had a right go at it. But uh, I got called back, and yeah, it was a bit disappointing. But um, we was in a bit of a relegation battle, so. Um, I think he just, the manager at the time, Joe Dunn, I think he just wanted, 
all, all his players available, I guess, as, as you would. Um, but I ended up signing the following season because um, I wasn't in, in Joe Dunn's plans, which I was a little bit disappointed with. I, I, I like Joe. Um, I was quite looking forward to to playing under him and um, I sort of felt I felt really fit that that off season and um, felt like I was I was getting myself right and um, I think the club were just sort of stripping back the the funds a little bit from the previous years where they had had a bit of a guy in and really worked out so um, yeah I, I weren't in his plans and had to move on so I joined Bristol Rovers which you know it was really good move. At, at the time, you know, I wanted, didn't want to drop a league ideally, but you know, to go there was They're a big was, club, uh, even, even in, even in yeah, Bristol Sports. Yeah, I mean, it was just the start of something new. Hopefully, we in May, uh, John Ward made some you know good signings the, the year before, and you know, when we were we were doing really well, and it was more or less the, the same, it was more or less the same squad the, the following year, it more or less kept, kept it the same and it was just uh you know if if the form from the season before was anything to go by you think we've we got a real chance here and it just went the complete opposite way uh just really really tough season and uh we, we've got relegated in the end it must have been a tough one to get relegated when you scored 15 goals and i think you're in the pf pfa team of the year or something like that so just as on a personal level a fairly good season but as a team sport you must have been disgusted i guess yeah, I mean, oh, that PFA just counts for nothing when when yeah. you're part of a squad, part of a team that, that got relegated out of the football league. Just unimaginable, and you know, as the day went on, it just it just got worse and worse. And then you know that last that last twenty minute game, I just think we were throwing absolutely everything. And the keep was pulling out worldies, we was hitting the par. I had a header that went. I'd normally score it every day of the week, and it went like a whisker wide. Just a few strange things happened that day. It was like the the left back we had that I think more or less played every minute of every game that season. Lee, Lee Brown, he had like his back just went spasming, and he couldn't play. And I think someone else went downhill or something. And then their kit didn't turn up, so it to give them their kit. Our away kit, and it's just, just, just mad, like just little just things like that. And then, yeah. yeah, it was just weird. And then they scored in the first half, and I think at half time we 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 knew that there were two games and they're both winning. I think you you start panicking, and then a little bit. Um, and as the game went on, we were just trying our hardest, but it just it just it just, it didn't, just, happen. Yeah, it just didn't happen. And then you know the fans are obviously upset. Uh, the fans coming on the pitch, and um, you know they're not upset. It was, it was just felt you felt you really let let everyone down, which I'm sure you did. I'm sure we did. And uh, it was a weird one because um, Northampton stopped up. I think Chris Wilder had come in and sort of kept us up. Bristol Rovers, you know, sadly for them went down and you. But then, then you know, a weird weird world of football. You. You end up signing for Northampton. How did the interest from? I know, I know, Chris Wilder was interested in you for a while, but how did that that move come about? Did your was it? Did your agent speak to you and say Cobblers were interested? Yeah, I think 
I think at that point, um, after being relegated, it was. I think for all parties, it, it was probably best I, I move on because I weren't weren't in a good place, um, like personally in my life. Had quite a big thing that happened, and I just weren't dealing with it very well. And then you know to to make it even worse, just just been relegated out, out of football league, and I it just. Just weren't weren't a good time for me, and I definitely affected me that 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 following season. Um, so it was yeah, I think it was probably best for all parties. I, I left Bristol at that point um, because I like Eve, Eve and uh, my first year at at Northampton, I, I weren't really much used to anyone because yeah, as as hard as I tried, I just I couldn't get myself going. Um, probably seen doses of it, but. No, nowhere near enough and yeah ended up in uh, being trans transfer listed which you know, I couldn't really complain with it one of them things and uh, I was Was your groin at that point still playing you up? Yeah my groins I struggled with my groins quite a bit and then I, I couldn't run or pass or do anything without my groins really hurting especially you know if it got to you know 50-60 minutes then they'd be really screaming and uh when when you're like that and can't train fully and you, you can't you know you, you you ain't gonna get for a game comfortably is hard um, but yeah I didn't feel like I played well and that was probably, yeah obviously a little bit of a factor but um, yeah you got yeah it was hard so I I try my hardest to to get my my groins really sorted that that summer and. Uh, the, the work really paid off because I didn't really have any any groin issues that whole season. Really, um, the season we went up, and luckily not. How did it feel um, when you got sent on loan to Southend? When you sign for a football club, you just want to play for that club, don't you? You don't really think about loans. So, uh, did the loan work out well for you? And how did you feel about going to Southend? At the time. I- no, it was weird because you sign a three-year deal thinking you know you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be there uh, you know at least two like minimum but if not three but um, by Christmas I I was at a different club um, at the time I I just weren't place weren't enjoying my football weren't particularly getting on with the manager I, I, it's a bit hard because you know the way. You know, I was sort of trying to play as a, a number ten, but um, try and get get in that hole just off the front man, and you know, try and open up on the half turn and bring people into play. But the way way we played with possibly the squad we had just weren't weren't that way inclined. We weren't gonna weren't gonna get it. So that it, it was frustrating when you're trying to get on the ball and you're not getting it and um, stuff like that. But following season our squad was just so much so much better and just um just yeah i mean uh, it was it was just a stronger squad i think and it that definitely helped me as well but um i mean at the time i, I was i i just seen it as an opportunity to to go south end and try and get fit and try and get some games in and you never know it was just quite mad playing against northampton for my first game for them um, yeah, that's really weird that. how that turned out. But um, I guess sometimes it 
it obviously focuses your mind to go down to South End because you're like, I'm in a three deal, three year deal here, but you know things ain't going great. But obviously, I want to get back on track because a three year deal is a three year deal. Chris Wilder probably was thinking, you know, he's putting the work in down at South End. I think he did pretty well. I think he scored a couple of goals down there, and ends ends up calling you back uh, about Christmas time on it. So it was weird because I only actually played two games from I think. Oh, okay. It was it was over about a four about a four week period, um, and then ended up getting getting recalled on Christmas Eve. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got the got the call on Christmas Eve, so I was I think they had Tranmere away Boxing Day. But um, yeah, the club the, the, I don't think it was going too well at the time, um, and you could sort of sense the the, the pressure building for for the management to a degree and um, luckily you know it, it worked out that you know we got ourselves out of it otherwise you know I had a few 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 more bad results and it might have been um, sort of the manager Chris and Nelly might have got the bullet and you know that that, that following season would would never happen type thing so um, yeah, it was Isn't that really tough. strange that um, people, even people like Wilder and Neil, who went, you know, obviously doing brilliant stuff in the in the Premier League, uh, at one point were under pressure themselves in, you know, League Two. Yeah, or yeah. Really yeah it's mad, mad to think that. that I mean, that, we, I think it, it, we were quite struggling, to be honest, and um, you know, it's, it's it's scary to think that you know there they could have been a couple of games off, maybe. Maybe getting the getting the bullet, but yes, it's, it's mad, mad to think that because all all that uh, that second year wouldn't wouldn't have happened, would it? Really, exactly. without them to to at the helm. So the thing about Wilder is that he quietly brought in some solid players. You know, Xander Diamond, James Collins, Ricky Holmes, players of that ilk, and Brendan Maloney was an astute signing at right back, don't you think? For me, outside Championship, he he was incredible. I think for the time. For the time he was with the club, and it's just so unfortunate that he had the the knee injury that um, sort of hampered him. But yeah, you know, you yeah. had him, a crazy sign the season before, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, you had Joel. Joel, you know, he was brilliant for the for the club, especially that second season. Even even the first year he was good. Second season, you had Ricky Holmes, um, and then who was it? This player, you had Nicky Lawson. The was a good little Lawson. player. Ricky Holmes, and, obviously. And even like the loan, like you had Danny Rose, yeah, uh, James Collins, Mark, uh, John Marquis. Um, you know that that's that's a strong squad. Um, you know Jason Taylor, Rodney McDonald's unbelievable at the back. Bukes. Uh, you know, Xander Diamond, keeper um, Adam Smith, and yeah, Clark. He was good just... season, very good season. Calvert Lewin as well. He obviously got on to brilliant stuff with Everton. Dominic Calvert Lewin, he came in. Yeah, he, he was really good actually. I think he was disappointed to to get recalled back. Um, but you could tell, you could tell, he must have only been eighteen when he was. When he was with us, but you could tell he had, he had all all the ingredients. Really, he had you know quick, 
strong, uh, um, good in the air. Finishing was very good. Um, yeah, he definitely showed a, a lot of a lot of uh, potential, and he, I think he was disappointed to get recalled because I think he was enjoying enjoying it with us. But that's, um, that's how it goes. But you know, our strike our strike force was uh, frightening. I think I think what, the most dis- disappointing thing was just not keeping that keeping that squad um, together for the for the following year. I think was is always the question you know, ask yourself. You know, what what could that go? What that could have done. Um, but when you look at the um, that season, 2015-16, it's important to talk a little bit about the um, stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So, like, the stand was supposed to be redeveloped with money from the council and stuff, and that it became apparent. I think I think it became apparent on about August 2014, no, so October 2014, that work had stopped on the stand, and then a year later, October 2015 you'd stop being paid like I think you went two months unpaid and possibly more how how did that sort of unravel like when did you when do you realize you're not being paid does someone tell you or you just go to the bank and there's nothing there I remember um I think it was the manager having to explain like that there's been some something going wrong with the the pay or whatnot so they're trying to get sorted but you're, you're not going to get paid um we're trying to do everything we can type thing but don't really know what's what's going on um, so yeah, it's, I think it's it's horrible for everyone, but um, I think for a couple of lads that had just signed, it was a bit like Jesus Christ, what 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 have I signed to here? Yeah, um, and obviously like, worrying, obviously worrying. You know, no one, anyone, yeah, everyone, yeah. no even footballers aren't you know going to be in a position to just say, oh, I don't worry about it. It's going to be worry anyone, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, a lot of us, you know, aren't millionaires you know what i mean we're a lot of us on you know moderate sort of money and whatnot so we live month to month and and whatnot so yeah you need your you need to be you need to be paid for sure but um i think i'm not sure how long it was but luckily we've got the the pfa to sort of step in and um help help i don't know if we got a full money but we help helped us out anyway so um which signs for forms and i think they I think the club either had to pay them back or sort it out another way. Um, but I think for for all the staff, need huge credit needs to go to all the staff that um, yeah, who you know ain't got the PFA to just step in and help them out. They were they were um, you know still having to come in day in day out and and do their best for the for the football club, not not knowing when when they're going to get paid. So I think a, a huge amount of credit has to has to go to all the staff. Um, Mm. I think that's another another one of the reasons it it, it was um, such a, such a great season. It was just such a team effort, you know, from from all office staff, from you know staff, just just everyone really, and the fans. It really was just uh, just a, a great sort of collective effort. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a really weird time, but and it was quite scary a lot of it because not. And not only were you guys not getting paid, we as fans, we were like, this club could go out of business. Like when the figures started coming out, X millions, we were like, this could bear yeah. And and then we started like raising money. I did the uh, football top where the money went to the supporters trust and stuff. And funnily enough, like that's when I started doing some of the uh, clothing and stuff 
But, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, did uh, I did some stuff like for, with your with you on it and um, the so, badges yeah. and that, and they were really nice. The t-shirts and that. I, I still I still yeah, got one. Brilliant. Pretty yeah. nice stuff. Yeah, it just galvanised all the all the supporters and everyone as, as one unit. And then I guess because the football team was so good and the you scored in the first opening game of the season, I think. Was that against Bristol Rovers, ironically? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that, yeah it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was just another another mad day. Um, weren't, weren't expected to play because, you know, weren't in the, the manager's plans. And remember on the Friday, I think someone, a couple went down injured or a couple ill. I think Lawson was down to play and it, he went down ill. And uh, he read out the team sheet, and I was—I couldn't believe it. Um, weren't, weren't expecting to to even be in the in the squad, never mind starting. Um, so I don't know whether Chris done that as you know he, he probably thought I had a point to prove, or just to maybe see how I'd do against my old club. And um, yeah, luckily it worked out. Um, so were you prepared for a bit of a not not necessarily a struggle, but we. Were you prepared to having to really work to get in that team? Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, I was prepared to pre- prepared to get in the team. Yeah, I was just doing everything I could, um, just being as fit as I could. Um, yeah, just just training as best I can, and just doing everything you can to to get in the force away in in the team. But I didn't didn't think it'd come on the first day of the season. Um, Back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not in his plans. Even if I get in the team, doesn't always mean you're in the manager's plans. He might just be giving you a little bit of um, a little bit of playing time to to get you out the door if, it, if if it's best for for the club and for everyone. It's it's not doesn't always mean you're you're back in his plans or whatnot. And even after that day, I it was. Obviously, a great feeling in the first day of the season. I think, I think it's probably the only time I scored first day of the season and against my old club, where they was just pelting me for for the whole game. Um, it, it was quite rewarding. So after that, I was I just had that feeling in my in my stomach. I'm I'm gonna go on now. I'm gonna crack on. I'm like I felt like if I'd have played the next ten games, I'd have scored in every one of them. I had that. That buzz, yeah. that little feeling, that little feeling back, and uh, I think for me it was just a bit disappointing where like I sort of done well in that first game, and then I sort of got taken out of the team, and it's had to be a little bit patient and just try and just force my way in, and you know, luckily sort of there was a couple more suspensions, and you know, the, the door opened up, and then once I was in it, I just had it had it in my head that I'm I'm not coming out type thing, so. Um, do you have a real realization that you've gone from Championship with Watford and Watford, you know, a team on the up now in the Premier League? You've gone down to League One, and then down to League Two. Would do you, do you sort of have a wait a period where you suddenly sort of wake up a little bit and go, right, I've got to do this now. This is it. This is it. I've got to get. I've got to get this. Get this running this team and like start pushing myself back up. Um, yeah, I think there's. I don't think it, it just you wake up one day and think, oh, I got to, I got to start trying, trying hard or anything. It ain't always like that. It's just, you know, it's such a can be such a slippery slope. You, you know, one, one or two bad decisions. Have a look back now. There's things I'd have changed, but um, you know, a couple of bad decisions and you go from having a decent couple of first seasons in you know the championship with 
you know, possibly other clubs looking at you, getting touted with moves and whatnot to, you know, to being an injured, forgotten about player in, in League One and then struggling and going down to League Two and then getting relegated. You know, I was, mm. that's, a, that's a slippery side. I've gone from Championship to, you know, I could have been playing conference type thing. And, but that's how it goes, you know. you just got to... But just just try to get try to get back up on um, you know try your hardest to to make sure you're going up instead of down. But it's, it's not always easy. But, but to your credit, you you got in that team and you became absolute like key part of it. And everyone I speak to always say, you know, without you in the middle there, it wouldn't have been quite the same. And did you feel, as far as I remember, you were back in you were in centre mid, weren't you? It's just more of a Maybe a holding role rather than having to be that bit play behind the striker. Maybe a bit, bit better for you. Yeah, I think it definitely suited me um, as opposed to the season before where I was sort of striker or off the striker. And um, like I said, we didn't really play in that in that sort of manner going through um, the thirds or anything. But yeah, stepping going back to centre mid and you know. I've, I found a good relationship with with Joel, uh, who was brilliant for most of the season. That's who I've probably played most of the season with. But um, yeah. you know, you had Danny Rose, um, Jason Taylor was was brilliant when when we played together, and um, yeah, it just really suited me back then. Especially if Joel played, it was always you know make sure Joel's sitting, and I could I could try and sort of bomb on a little bit more and. Uh, see if I can pinch a goal or two. So, um, no, it def- definitely suited me that, that second year. Joel, both Joel and Danny Rose were the sort of players that would look after the ball really well, so they'd get him moving. And then you could you could get the pitch. Um, I don't know about... this. Is, these are a couple of games I could talk about quickly that stand out for me, but you, you might have some ones that stand out personally for you. But obviously the one against Luton, uh, where you scored that amazing free kick uh, routine, that was um, just a brilliant, not just a brilliant day for like uh, the fans and that, but just just to beat Luton as well, just a quality type, side of that level, it must have been brilliant. Yeah, it was a great day. You know, you, you sort of go to places and you, you, you normally, it's always some places that you, you feel like you never really um, get many results from. I think up until then, that was one of them for me. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, that, that, that free kick, I think a lot of people still talk about to this to this day. It was just um, just a training round one, really. I think it was one of Nilly's, and you know, Nilly had some had some great ideas, and he had some ideas that I don't think even our our team could have quite pulled off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but they were good. Like I think he'd, he'd look at uh, Chris sometimes and sort of say, "What what do you think?" And and Chris would be like. Mm, but yeah, listen. When they come off, they were they were brilliant. Um, and did you see you know, um, that, the one that you scored? I don't know if it was after or before, but Joel Byram does a little decoy run, doesn't he? And yeah. one of them actually the ball goes to him and he scores with the decoy run. And against Luton, I don't know if that that one he scored was before that, but against Luton, they might have been expecting the ball to, ball to go to him, but instead it goes to Potter, I think it was, and then you peel off the wall. So they were, they were pretty, really well-worked routines, really. Deserve a lot of credit to the management for that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, when you look back at the season, we, we got back in games with some important free kicks where, 
you know, they, you know, the importance of free kicks really were um, highlighted where possibly you ain't having quite a uh, very good game or, you know, you just can't take your chance. And then all of a sudden, something you worked on the, the day before comes off and you're back in the game and all of a sudden you, you're sort of chasing them. Um, and, yeah, the amount of times you just got back in the games and you go all of a sudden you... You go from not playing very well to just thinking like we can absolutely run over run over the top of you boys now type thing. So yeah, really really important part part of the game, and I think the, the management deserve a lot of credit for that. It must have been a bit of a, almost a mental contrast to being in a, for instance, Bristol Rovers side which got sucked down into the conference for you know not not for want of trying, but just didn't go right, and you were probably losing games you might have won or drawn to actually winning games you could probably lost with Cobblers and just trying to get in that winning mentality going. I think that's what Chris Wilder and Alan Neal and Southport and lost your players. Yeah, I think once once you get into that winning habit, yeah, uh, things just just seem easy. The game just seems easy. You just want to get on the ball and you got, like, it's just, everything's just so much easier. You've you just got that Confidence that game, in, isn't it? It's confidence. That confidence and that instinct just to just to be ruthless when you need to be, and and it's the complete opposite when you're losing every week and you just think, oh, when you don't know when your your next points are going to come from. You look at your fixtures and you just think, oh, I can't I can't see us beating any of these, um, especially the way we're going type thing. So, it's a, do you remember we, the uh, do you remember remember the Oxford win? That was quite a big one away. One one nil, and they were oh, just a pain in the ass, you know, for various reasons. Oxford and to beat them in their backyard, um, that was a big result. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was a that was a good night. That was a good night. We, um, I remember when we walked in. Obviously, the manager had been there previously, and I don't think it ended uh, particularly well. Um, civil, yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember. I think. I think someone, one of their coaching staff, or it might have even been their manager, wrote something about about us. And I remember him sticking a few bits in it, in the dressing room, you know, just to just pump us up. I, I guess that a little bit more, and um, obviously done the job because I don't think we were amazing that that night, but we we competed well, and there was a few few little um, sort of handbags slash sort of fisty cuffs, but. I think we just went there and just done the job on them, really. Just got got what we needed to and um, settled, sort of um, tight the back. And I think it was quite, it was a big win. I, I think once we got that win, I think you really, you know, if you weren't believing by that point, I think you, you really did because it, it was a good win. They were going strong and they were top of the league. They had some good players. And we just went there and, and done the job on them. You must remember the, uh, or maybe you don't, because it might have been one of those moments in a game where you're just in in the moment and you don't you don't think about it. But that 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 moment where you you collected the ball and you just looked like you were going to square it to one of the defenders or whatever, and then you just you, last second you move forward and you took out four of their players. That was like a classic. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, it gets. I, I don't go on Twitter that much, but occasionally I I go on my my, um, my notifications and. Every so often, like that, will get a, a mention off someone. I just look at it as like a little clip, isn't there? And yeah, um, yeah nice. so I get reminded of that. Yeah, it's a nice little, um, nice little 
little manoeuvre, but um, it's a shame I didn't learn a little bit more. I think um, what what makes it good is as a as you've moved back from being up front to sort of in the midfield, it was just a a, a move that just showed a bit of awareness of where you are in the pitch and 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 just that you managed to faint that you were going to pass it and then he took up four players. It's just you don't do that often in football. So yeah, that was in the. I think they were chasing the game at that point as well. So it was just, uh, we were trying to set, settle up shop type thing. And uh, yeah, just sent a few of them for, for fish and chips, I think. <laughs> and then there was that, another game that stands out, the, probably for a different reason, in that we weren't actually in control of the game for a little bit against Stevenage, where I think they went up 2-0 up. And then we managed to come back. And that showed a different side to the team that we could dig, dig deep. Perhaps we're not playing that good. Yeah, well, actually, that was one of the games where we were playing crap and that we won a free kick and got back in a game from um, from just a set piece. It was a relatively simple uh, simple set piece, but we'd, we'd worked on that, uh, just the timing of the, the ball in. And uh, like I said, it just got us back in the game. And once once we got that first one, so I think we were going on an unbeaten, we was on an unbeaten run by that point, I think. Um, we obviously knew how big three points would have been for for our sort of uh, you know to win the title or at least, at least promotion chances anyway. And uh, yeah, once we got that first one, I, I was in no doubt that we'd we'd at absolute minimum get a get a draw. But even once, once you scored, second, you scored as well. You scored the second. Yeah. I think you just um, anticipated it. And I think you stuck a foot out and scored. Yeah, that was a yeah, it was two set piece actually. I forgot, I forgot I scored, but um, yeah, I just got got whatever I could on it, and um, I remember just being an absolute full stretch and um, yep. just hearing hearing the crowd, and, and once we got that, I remember um, the winner once. I think, I think it was a clearance or something. I remember going up for a header. I remember Ricky being behind me, and I thought. I Whatever I do, just don't let this lad edit it. So I'm just <laughs> gonna not let him edit, and it's gonna go to Rick, and Rick to do the rest. So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna claim an assist for that goal, um, even though I didn't actually get a touch on it. But yeah, once he picked it up, he, he just done it. That that was that bit of magic we we needed. I think it would have been great having having Ricky sort of all season, but I think where where he was sort of injured for the start and. Um, he just come in the team where where we really needed him, and he, he just had that bit of magic. Some of the goals he scored was just just incredible, and uh, you know, just the camaraderie we had all all season as well. It was just such a such a joy, you know. All the lads were like good mates, got on well. Um, we'd, we'd be out all the time, and um, yeah, it was just it just felt like a just a load of brothers, really. Um, and I think it showed on on the pitch. Yeah, it, it that sort of comes together sometimes in football. You just get that right mix of personalities, the the, the qualities, the individual qualities of players, obviously the management staff, and um, with the stuff going on in the background, just galvanising everything. It, it just like you say, it all fell into place, and it was just when we clinched the league, it was 
as a fan, just a beautiful, very emotional moment. And as a player for you, it must have been as well. Just like uh, it was uh, Exeter, I think we clinched the league. Just a brilliant moment. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was a first for me. Um, I think it was for for a few of the boys. So it was yeah, quite, yeah, quite emotional. But you, you don't want to get. You just want to enjoy it. And uh, I think we, I think we did. We, we, we it was brilliant. <laughs> I think it was brilliant how we got uh, promoted. What was it? With four games to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I was going to get promoted again, I know I haven't. I'm, I haven't been. I think everyone says the playoffs, for, but I, I just can't see a better way of doing it than that. It's just, it's just enjoy. It's just enjoy every moment, like the training. You just once we got promoted and. It, um, once got promoted and it was just it's just like you could relax now you, we didn't relax as in take our foot off it um but, but it was we just enjoy it for that bit longer you know all the games were just you know the fans were behind us and we got done what we needed to do but obviously we wanted to to be champions because it would have been a bit of a travesty if we if we hadn't type thing so um i think you're right actually just, i think um i think you're right that if you get promoted through the playoffs, it's almost like you get 90 minutes at Wembley, whatever. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an instant like gratification. But in, in when you win the league, at, at that at the way you did it, four games yeah. to go or whatever, you could enjoy it a, bit, a little bit longer. The celebrations went on for quite a long time, really, if you think about it. And then all the market yeah. square stuff, really good. I mean, to, yeah, I mean, we, we was out every week once we got promoted and we were still you know, rolling teams over and whatnot. And then once <laughs> the season was done, we probably had another couple of weeks of it. So it was, so yeah, we, we made sure we had a, had fun with it. But um, listen, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a day out in Wembley and get promoted that way. Um, but I just don't think you can beat that. If, if you get promoted early enough, and um, always, always remember the, um, we trained on the pitch one day. We've got, I think we were champions by that point. We, got, we trained on the pitch and it was a roasting hot day and then uh, that session was done. I think the moment was like, look, lads, come in here, have a little stretch in the, in the centre circle and the next thing, a load of beers come out, ice cold <laughs> beers and everyone just sat there. Uh, it was just, it was just bliss. It was just, uh, it was like all your, all your efforts that you, you put in the, in the season and then, you know, little little things like that. It was just I don't think hardly anyone ever even said a word. It was just everyone just sat there like, yeah, this is drinking it in. This is it. it yeah, yeah, just just soaking it all in really. And it was um, yeah, just great, great, uh, great times. How does it feel then when you have that, that that real high and then you've got this cohesive unit and then you know, obviously Wilder and Neil, their stock has risen and stuff, and there's talk of them, and then they leave. How does that feel? Um, I mean, it's it's obviously disappointing, um, you know, to get have that success with them, even if it's you know only for a season. It were, you know, once once we got that winning, that winning mentality, that 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 spark, I, I, I would have fancied us beating anyone that that following season if with that squad and with 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 a million. Lillian and Chris, I think I'd have fancied us to to get to, to be brutally honest. I, I know it's all all ifs, ifs and buts, but um, yeah, it was it was 
Yeah, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. And uh, you just got to... Well, I think... It, even if we had the same squad and maybe a different manager, I, I still think we'd have kept a large part of that sort of winning mentality. Um, and, and you never know, but... Um, you know, whoever the manager is, he's got to, he's got to see it how, how he sees it. And um, I think it was Rob Page. He, he obviously didn't feel the the squad was sufficient enough, and you know, done, done what he done. So no, I, I I think that 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 next season, like you say, there was the cusp of the potential to go on again, and just that lack of continuity it was a, probably one of the biggest mistakes in the club for a long time and just how the the squad was carved up really it just it just watching on as a fan it was it's just like a whole a whole different team and it probably literally was and then what did what did you make of Rob Page in terms of taking over from Chris Wilder were they similar or were they different um I mean it was quite different in in some ways I mean I, I I liked him as as a person. I, I thought he was a good guy. Um, just didn't think he got um, didn't think he made a few mistakes, I guess, and uh, ultimately sort of cost him. But it was just just a disappointing game from um, sort of feeling like you get every game to to really feeling. Um, just you ain't type thing really um, like the old feeling but... of when you were at some of your previous clubs that you you know you, you weren't too sure about it then um justin edinburgh you know god rest his soul came in and yeah he, he you know he, uh, he he did his best bless him and um there was probably a, another high turnover of players and um yeah that didn't didn't think yeah i mean i really like justin and you know, so sad, sad what's, what's happened with him. Um, he was a great yeah. guy and, and, you know, his family are really good people and um, Kurz as well. I still still see him and, you know, um, I think he's, well, he's best, best mates with him. So just a really, really sad uh, situation what's happened with him. But um, at, the, at the time, I, re- I really liked him and uh, um, it was... It was hard because, like you say, it was a bit of a turnover. It was always a bit like whoever come in had to steady the ship and then he'd done that, we stayed up. Yeah. And then I think, you know, he, he brought in a lot a lot of players and then I think he only got, what is it, five five or six games um, before he got, he got sacked. So, uh, personally, I was quite disappointed. I know we didn't start well. Um, I was injured at the time, so I was a bit disappointed. I, could, I couldn't even, you know, do anything about it. But um, yeah, I don't think he got quite long enough. But you know, we did start bad, but we we would have got out of it, and I'm sure we, we would have been fine. But it's um, one of those. Yeah, and to be fair to Justin, you know, um, he he kept the. He kept the club in League One, which uh, exactly. didn't actually happen when he left. So, you know, all, all, all due credit to him for that. And yeah. um, then there was a, I don't know how you describe it, but a fairly nuts period with Jimmy Void Hasselbank, who's a massive name. Like, what did you feel like when you had he? Because obviously, 
you're an Arsenal fan, but you know Jimmy Floyd is a big, massive Chelsea player and a Dutch player. What did, when you got the job, were you like, well, this is quite exciting? Um, yeah, I think you, you, your first reactions, you, you see him as a, a player that you you grew up watching and, and whatnot. Um, and I suppose there was a, a little bit of excitement. It's a, it's a you know a bit of a name, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was a strange time again. It was seemed like there was a lot of, a bit of a turn, it just felt like there was a turnover of players. Um, it was, I don't know what happened with the, the Chinese, all the Chinese investment and stuff, and then sort of bringing a lot of players in and whatnot. Um, just a bit of a mad time, and uh, didn't didn't work out. And the the squad was was good, very very good on paper, a lot of talent and. You know, just just another example that you know ain't ain't always about talent. You know, sometimes you need that um, that, that sort of that sort of brotherhood and you know that that spark between between yourselves. And I don't think we we well we definitely didn't have that. Um, I think the the results and the, the performances probably uh, spoke spoke um, quite loud for that. So Jimmy Floyd gets the sack, and um, Dean Austin, a guy, a Watford guy, you might have been aware of him before, uh, gets a caretaker role. What was Dean like? Is it a bit of sad that it never really worked out and they got relegated? Yes, Dean. Dean was his knowledge for the game was just in, incredible, um, and you know when he got when he got the job, I think everyone was really, although it was it was our time because. You know, we we needed a lot of wins in a short space in in a in few games type of thing. So it was a it was a mountain to climb, really. Um, but we we give it our best shot, and we we come short um, by the end. So it was disappointing. And I just generally gutted that you know we we didn't do better for for Dean because you know he. He couldn't have tried either, you know. He, he tried covering every every base. Uh, his training was good. You know, he was fair with you, and you know he was just what you'd want in a in a coach and a manager. And we, I think we're where we just been used to losing from the season before. Just felt there was a bit of a, you know, more or less the same squad. Which again, on paper, even in League One. You should do well with, but in, in League Two, we should be doing even better with. And uh, I think that, that losing habit, we just couldn't shake it off. Could not shake yeah. it off. Um, there was games where we, we'd be playing so well and just do well and just either draw or lose. And, you, and uh, you know, Dean, Dean tried his hardest, you know, keeping everyone um, positive. Making sure we, you know, what I mean, back back to the training ground and make make sure we're working even even harder to to put it right. And I, I just, yeah, it's just so disappointing that we, we couldn't turn it around for him. And I think everyone that talks about Dean's time in the club, you know, he left with his head held high and he just didn't work out like so so often doesn't in football. And fair play to him. And then Keith Carl, the current manager, came came in and. It, you know your best times are obviously that those that year under Wilder and stuff. But how would you how would you just like describe your like final 
sort of year or so with the club and working with Keith. Did it, you know, work out how you wanted it to? I guess not. Um, I think it's just overall just dis- disappointing, really. Um, you know, I didn't didn't feel I was really playing that well. Um, just yeah, just didn't really didn't really get get motoring really. I mean, the old game I play well, and uh, I think I think the thing was with Keith was he was trying to establish his his best team or players that he wanted and and didn't want. So I think he was sort of chopping and changing a lot. I think the way he's seen it was we're not going to get promoted this this season. Um, so I think he was just trying to find out who, who he wanted for, for next season, really. And, um, yeah, I mean, you sort of get the sense that you're not wanted and whatnot, which is fair enough. You've you got to deal with that at football. Um, if you're going to be a footballer, you've got to deal with that pl- plenty of times in, in your career. So it's just one of them. Uh, it would have been nice to, to go out on a high, at least, you know, if, you know, if you got promoted and left, you know, you could have could have left with, with your head held high type thing but it was just a bit of a, a bit of a yeah it's uh, anti-climax yeah. sort of thing yeah yeah obviously not being uh getting selected to to play as well and yeah that was just one of them just another occasion where it's just finishes and you know that's that's that <laughs> you know and, uh, would you like to more of a chance to like say goodbye to everyone and everything and because because of the you know the relationship between the, you and the club was quite long and obviously um a lot of fondness said would you would like to a chance just to have said goodbye to a few yeah, people maybe? I mean, uh, yeah i mean yeah i mean i would have loved to really you know you know in, a, in an ideal situation you know could have i don't know uh played and scored the last day of the season and whatnot it would That'd have been yeah, a, just that moment, that way. moment. Yeah, but listen, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, you can't just expect to to play just to just for, for me. You know, it's, it's got to be what's right for, for the team and for the club. So you know, in that in that aspect, you know, you can't you can't feel in, entitled anyway to, to you know just just to play just for for my satisfaction or be selected just just for me. Um, so I ain't, I ain't got a problem with him. I, um, I said goodbye to to the fans best I could, and you know, um, you know, hopefully I'll I'll return one day, and and uh, you never know. I think um, looking at the way Keith Cole's side plays, it it probably wouldn't suit you so much anyway, and cause he. It, with all due respect to Keith, I, I find sometimes that the, the players slightly rushed. It suits some players, like Nicky Adams gets the ball real quick and he whip a ball in, but. Sometimes you could uh, slow the play down if you wanted to, or you know, you know that sort of thing. So, and and it, it all turned out well because, funnily enough, despite maybe not being Keith Cole's plan in League Two, you got to move up to League One. So that was strange to Burton Albion, where you're you're playing for now. Yeah, that was a bit of a strange one. I think um, uh, Nigel Clough, the, the manager, just just funny enough, just just stepped down. Um, He'd sort of been looking at me for a couple of seasons, and uh, yeah, I mean, weren't weren't really expecting to to have sort an average season um, in League Two, and then end up playing in League One at different club with in a different position. It was, it was all a bit um, 
bit mad, really. But um, I've been really, really enjoying my football there. It's just um, disappointing now. I think we've, you know, really probably underachieved it this season. Um, I think with the squad we had, I think we could have really got promoted. Um, so, it's, but we still got a relatively young squad, and um, we've got a new new manager now that um, I think I think will be really good, really really good replacement for for Nigel. So, um, it I think hopefully we'll we'll have a go next year and. I think things are looking up. I just want this uh, coronavirus to to settle down so we can go back to it and uh, have another pop next year. What was it like going back to centre-back after you'd gone from playing behind the striker, mid, centre midfield, slowly going backwards? You'll be in goal at one point. But <laughs> what was it yeah. like uh, playing centre-back? Because obviously, Clough, a bit like his dad, saw, um, looked at people's overall ability and their sort of uh, skill set and obviously thought right I'm going to put you put you as a defender like how how what was that like yeah I mean I met up with him um, before I signed and I think he just wanted I think he probably does that just a little bit to to see how you are as a person and whatnot. and uh, I remember the second time I met him he, he sort of said look I'm actually thinking of playing your centre half like what do you think and in, me, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll be honest, at that point, I, I didn't have any options. So I was thinking, <laughs> I've either got to say, yeah, I can do it, or yeah, I can do it type thing. So um, that, that was the answer I gave. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, I feel a lot more comfortable there now. There's obviously think a lot of things I need, need to work on. And, Hopefully, I can I can do that and pr- progress a little bit more next season. But generally speaking, I'm been been enjoying it, and uh, you definitely see the game a different point of view. And you know, if you hopefully, you know, I, that point of view, I can if I do go into to coaching or managing, you know, it gives you a different outlook and just different perspective, I guess. You can give Peltas to the centre mids now because you know what it's like to play there. You can say you should be there. <laughs> you move I know, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got more respect for the centre halves now than, than I did before. <laughs> Thought they stand there, edit, kick it, do do nothing. But uh, yeah, you got yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of bits that go on back there. But no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I feel feel a lot more comfortable than than I did, especially the, the first few games. But. Um, just, just need that first goal. I haven't scored for for Burton yet, which I'm just gutted about. I can't, can't believe I played well over 20 games this year and haven't scored yet. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to my first goal. Hopefully, little club now. You had a little drought at Cobblers, you know. And the goals always come to get in the right positions. Uh, of course, at uh, Burton, you've got the St George's Park training facility, which is like just a fantastic facility. Must have been. Do, you, do you train there every day, or do you train elsewhere? Yeah, we train uh, every day, um, unless uh, some mad reason. But yeah, more or less every day. Um, facilities, uh, facilities are brilliant. Um, yeah, like I say, you get to we get to see see the odd team train. Um, some of the national teams train there, and uh, the Champions League clubs train there the odd time or whatnot. So. Um, 
get a little little glimpse at, at that as well. But no, you can't can't fault the pitches and the facilities. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah, I've, I've, a lot of Cobblers fans are really pleased for you that you're doing so well there because um, you know we a lot of Cobblers fans wanted you in the sort of team every week and obviously football doesn't work like that but. It's just nice to see you doing well at Burton and you're looking now to, you know, your post-football career a little bit as well. So you talked about management a little bit. Is that something that you're seriously considering? The older I get, I guess the sort of the more you grow in experience, you know, through good and bad. And I've, I've had a lot more bad than I have good, but you try and see it as a, as a positive and how you could have affected um, things that... I went bad and now you could have turned them into something, something positive and um, you know with some of the managers I've played under you, you know you see a lot of you got a lot of good but a lot of bad as well and you, you like to think that if you ever had the chance to, to do it then you, you'd do it a certain way and you'd do it differently but you know so you know every every player and all fa- a lot of fans obviously as well have, have got all the answers um, us players certainly have, but until you, you're in that spot and you've got to make them decisions and pick players and take training, it's, it's a different kettle of fish. So back in my head, I, I think yeah, I would like to uh, to give it a go, but you just have to see what whether this um, this coronavirus has, has changed football as we know it. It might be. It might be even tougher to, to get um, managerial jobs. I know it's tough at the minute. There's so many players. And, it's and a tough even. gig, but I think what you you can bring, and funnily enough, is because you've had your ups and downs, you, you will probably have an understanding of how to nurture players of different personalities. And you'll also, because you've, you've been playing under managers of all different personalities and uh, operating styles, you can probably cherry pick some of the good stuff and, sort of cut to aside some of the bad stuff that you've actually experienced yourself so your life experience yeah. might stand instead yeah I mean you like to think so you like to think so but um, there's a lot of factors you know pressure might might um, change your your perspective when you you've really got to win games and it's not quite happening do you change your style or whatnot it's there's a lot so much things to, to consider when you're a manager and you know it's um I always ask, um, and I've asked a few people this that are going into management, that are ex-players or whatever. Would you like to manage yourself? Like when you, would you, if you imagine, would, would you? I would love yourself? to manage myself. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> would you give yourself a rocker or would you just let yourself go? Oh, <laughs> I give yourself a weekend. I would love to manage myself. Jeez. <laughs> I'd have eleven of me out there. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have eleven. I might have one. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we should wrap up soon because we've been talking for a while, but it's been really good talking to you. You know you didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to Northampton fans in a particularly like, formal way or anything. What would you, if you can give a message now to Northampton fans, what would you like to say? To them? Just, you know, thanks thanks um, so much. You know, it was with me from from uh, day one and stood behind, like, stood behind um myself and the team and you know can't can't thank them enough and um hopefully if the the gods of football will um will allow it i'm, I'm maybe return one day if uh if i if, if they'll have me or uh if it works out but now it'd be great to to return but we'll uh 
we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah, you never know if your management career, you know, takes off or whatever, or doesn't, you'll be back in Northampton. Yeah. Even <laughs> like the... Hopefully we'll be in a higher league by the time you get into management. And you, we could, maybe, because, you, you know, you're a Watford guy and stuff and you're a championship level, maybe Cobblers can get in the championship and you can manage us there. I'll take that. I'll take that as yeah, a deal. Yeah, I'll take that. Even like a bootman or saying, I'll just help out ads all day, just make cups of tea with him and stuff like that. That'll do me. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really lovely way to wrap up. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to for talking to me. And I know we'll have a lot of listeners that um, still got a lot of fondness for you. And um, you know, keep in touch, and we'll talk soon, mate. No, brilliant. Thanks for having me. Top man. Take care, mate. Thank Good you, team. mate. Bye now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.